0: Hey folks, we are having a live showcase to celebrate the upcoming first anniversary of Flawless Noises Media Network. We're bringing you some of your favorite hosts from the network for an intimate experience. We'll have an energy reading from Gary of Mystic Moments to kick things off. Bree of Mama Meets World will be the first act and headlining the show Ratchet Ramblings featuring Jeremy, Candace and myself. So start planning to come and join us February 29th, 2020 at Rehearse Live in Atlanta, Georgia. Get your tickets at FNMN1year.Eventbrite.com. Hope to see you there.
1: You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production.
0: Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Curtis. I go about your life some on all social media. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. There are so many podcasts out there that you can listen to and you choose to listen to this one. And I am eternally grateful. Speaking of, if you want to support this podcast and its home network, aka Flawless Noises Media Network, you can do so in two ways. One, go to patreon.com/flawlessnoises and sign up. In exchange for a little bit of money, you will be getting a lot of bonus content from myself and other hosts on Flawless Noises. You can also purchase some merchandise to help support this show. Go to flawlessnoises.com store, pick up a shirt or a tote, and now we're gonna get the show started. All right, guys, I'm back with another first time guest. And I'm excited because I love having new voices on the show. Don't get me wrong. I love my recurring voices as well. And I have a few of those scheduled in the weeks coming. But in the meantime, I have a fellow podcaster, which I also love having on the show. I have Avery from the Panel ATL podcast. And you might remember I mentioned meeting him in person here in the Seattle area back in July. And we were supposed to do this then, but life be lifing. And he was on vacation. I wasn't trying to press him about doing those no podcast while he is here trying to eat and get high and, you know, maybe hoe or whatever floats his boat. But welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me.
1: I'm shocked. Um, yeah, I feel like you. you know, everything that she said was exactly what I was doing.
0: Um, but thank you for having me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it good that i hold with one person though like does that make me any better
0: listen i don't i'm pro ho so it don't matter how as long as you are safe and had a good time you can hold with as many people as you want
1: thank you, you. i feel do safe do already
0: on this here show okay we pro ho <laughs> let me rephrase we we pro safe ho okay pro safe ho okay, okay. Yeah. i'm here for this you gotta protect yourself out here because <laughs> these men are trash And they will put your shit in jeopardy for the sake of a nut. And I refuse. Period. So
1: thanks for having me on the show. Finally.
0: Yes. And I'm hoping that we can link again. If you're still in Atlanta next February, when we have the live show, I'll be in the city. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) I've been saying that I'm going to go to Atlanta for the past, like 84 years. And ain't been, but it's coming. It is coming and i'm excited so
1: if i'm here or if i can make it back to atlanta i'm definitely coming and Woo-hoo. if i don't come i'm gonna send some people your way
0: come through listen the the length for the tickets will be in the show notes okay but in the meantime before we get started with the actual show why don't you talk a little bit about the panel atl what it's about and what inspired you to start it and all those good things
1: Wow. Um basically it's ratchet. Um uh, what I like to say is we it's like ratchet, ratchet people. Exactly. Ratchet people who talk about shit that people want to hear. Um, so basically what the panel ATL is, it is a group of people who come together from Atlanta. Um, it's a bi-weekly podcast and people come together to talk about sex, love, dating, and social justice issues in Atlanta. So everything that we talk about is Atlanta based. Um, some of the cast is from Atlanta, born and raised like me. Some people are transplant. Um, But anyway, we come together as gay, bi, lesbian. We don't have trans. Uh, we've had trans visitors or guests on the show. Um, but we just all come together from different backgrounds and talk about life and things that go on in the world of Atlanta that biweekly. All
0: right. So if you are in the Atlanta, Georgia, or close by, or you're just interested, you like what you hear, or it sounded interesting, the link to that show will also be in the show notes. Please check it out. We support our fellow LGBT podcasts here on this podcast, as well as under the Pods by QPOC banner. So this podcast has definitely been one on my radar, and I feel like it should be on yours as well. And I'm not going to charge them for that amazing spot that I just did. Although I should. You should. You (laughs) should because you're awesome. (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. So speaking of awesome, let's get into the first awesome segment. Yeah. Yeah. That, of course, is the queer query. Question. All right. First question. Since we're talking about podcasts, this is perfect. What's one of your top podcast wishes for the panel ATL?
1: Um, so what I really wish for the show, I think that we've been, what, two, two and a half years right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we have good content. We have a group of people that get along, that argue, but we love each other. I think right now it's time to actually engage more with our listeners and things that people need. Um So what I want to do is be like a resource for people to for sex education, sex health, um, how to please yourself and your partner, as well as other things um, in the community. I think we can branch off from podcasting um, and just be more of what people need in their daily life.
0: Mm, Listen to that. So you have the, the spirit of service. I'm here for that because our community needs service. Listen, we are flaming mess, but we
1: are, and we don't know how to date either. So I mean, I mean we need help.
0: There's a lot of things that we don't know how to do, or we refuse to do better on. But that's another topic for another day, for another show or episode. um For me, I think one of my top wishes is probably very similar like I definitely want to find a way to up the engagement with the show like I could say the typical cliche stuff like I wish you know for more listeners or more exposure and things of that nature but I think I would be happier being where I am just with more engagement and if that leads to more listeners and and downloads and things of that nature well then great but even if it's just the numbers that i have but there's more engagement there's more people uh tweeting and and giving their opinions and shout out to the people who do i see y'all you know when y'all listening like hey it was a good show or this is a good topic or whatever the case may be i appreciate y'all i just wish that I had more of that. Like if there's something that you hear that you agree with or you don't agree with, feel free to tweet and have a conversation and get the discussion going, or I would say continue the discussion. So that's definitely one of my top wishes and is in my bag to kind of figure out the marketing and, I've said this before on multiple shows. I have a lot of skills. Marketing is not one of them. I I do not understand marketing. So that's something that is in my back pocket to reach out or find someone and reach out to help with podcast marketing. Like how do you get that engagement? How do you get those people to start listening and get those numbers to increase and all of those things? So definitely, Uh, on the horizon especially now with the podcast network because it's not just my show that i have to think about it's every show on the network and as the co-founder and i guess i don't know fake ass ceo or whatever you want to call it of the network is kind of my responsibility so you know what? Let's make that a call to action. Okay. If you hear this for either of us and you have that skill or you're willing to help out and I don't mind, you know, paying for it, we'll have to talk about that. Cause listen, Avery and I had a whole discussion about how poor we are <laughs> before we started the show, but I'm not looking for a free service. I mean, if you're offering it for free, great, but I understand that that's a talent and a skill that people should pay for. And I don't mind doing that. Um, So that's one of my goals for after the live show, because right now all of my resources and and a lot of my time and effort is going into putting that together. But I will definitely be looking more into the marketing and whatnot after.
1: And can I add something to that? Go ahead. I get on a lot of my friends because a lot of my heterosexual friends, just like, oh, you know, I can't really connect with your show, and I'm like, that's a lie um, because we talk about straight issues too. We do have straight people on the show. But even if you don't listen to the podcast or you don't like something that your friend is selling or doing, just retweet it. It's free. I retweet a lot of shit that black people be selling on Twitter that I'm like, I would never buy. But somebody on my timeline may like it and it's a great idea. I just won't buy it. Just a simple retweet or like is all I'm asking for at first.
0: Yeah. And I do that with podcasts a lot too. Like I'm subscribed to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to them all. Mm -hmm. Although I do, I've been kind of cycling through. So podcasts that I may not have listened to in a long time, you know, I'll give an episode or two a listen just because I need some variety in my ears these days, but trust and believe I may not see everything. I may not always retweet because I never see people's links. I mean, but I don't really be on Twitter like that either. But I'm at least going to give you that download, okay? Like, it's subscribe and my overcast and all of that stuff. So I agree with that, you know? And I think also it kind of challenges specifically with your show and what the criticism that you got about not supporting. I think it's, it's a conversation to be had about what exactly is there not to connect with because while there may be things that you can't literally identify with our lives are not that much different like we don't love differently you know what i'm saying we don't date differently we don't sex differently like it's all because we're people it's not like we're some kind of martians and shit and you know we got three dicks and four vaginas and it's just a smorgasbord of foolishness over here like we're still human beings so there should be something to bridge that gap listen let me tell you like this let me i'm gonna sit up and i'm gonna say this and we're gonna move on to the next question as much as we have to grin and bear to find a way to connect with you heterosexual motherfuckers there should be no excuse for y'all to be talking about you can't relate figure it out all right As much as we have to grin and bear it and look at all the bullshit and and, uh, straight shit growing up, not seeing people that look like us, that love like us, that act like us. And we still here supporting y'all asses. Don't give me that bullshit about, oh, I I can't relate. Figure it the fuck out. And now we'll move on. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Fall is upon us. So what's your favorite fall thing? Is it pumpkin spice? This is a safe space.
1: Um, I don't like pumpkin spice, although, um, if anybody know me, know that I was raised as a white little boy. Um, I don't like pumpkin spice. Um, I, for me, I love just the spirit of like fall to like winter because you have, you have Halloween, you have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, you have New Year's. And then shout out to the Capricorns. You have my birthday. So okay. for me, it's just not one sec thing. It's just, I'm in this time now that this is my favorite time of the year. I love I everything.
0: The do. season.
1: The season, the decorations, the spirits, niggas out here robbing people for Christmas gifts. Like, okay, it's just a, a moment.
0: <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> we have gone astray. Wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But yeah, it's just, like, it's the whole spirit. It's just, you know, I enjoy it. Okay.
0: Um, for me... I love the fall going into the winter because of all the paid holidays. And I finally have a job again where I get paid holidays because that contractor life is, is stressful sometimes depending on the position that you have. But I just like some days off, dog. Like, give me my days off for Thanksgiving. Give me my days off for Crimmy All right. Give me my days off for New Year's and let me just relax or travel or whatever I'm planning on doing, whatever the bank account allows. But that's my favorite part because there's like in the springtime, bitch, you ain't got no fucking holidays. You have to suffer from like January to what? May? Because most corporate jobs are not uh, honoring Easter anymore. So you don't get good Friday off anymore depending on the industry that you're in. So it's like, that's all that winter into spring. That's a long time to suffer before you get any paid holidays. So that's my favorite thing about the fall. And I guess, well, I can't even say that now when I was in Houston, I liked the fall. If we actually got a fall, because that would get some of the humidity to fuck out of there. (laughs) But now that I live in Seattle, that's like a non-factor. So now it's just like cold. Uh, But you know, we persevere we persevere. And I was going to say, I
1: can't relate because I've definitely just got off a contract position and I'm freelancing it. So, you know, Listen. but I feel you one day, hopefully in a Listen. few weeks, I'll be able to understand.
0: Been there, done that. So prayers up on that. Thanks. Okay. Last question. 2020, the year, not the club is on the horizon. <laughs> What are you most looking forward to for next year? Oh,
1: um, I think for me, I'm looking forward to s- stability.
0: Mm, um, I a need word.
1: Stability. And that applies financially. Like I'm looking forward to getting my next dream job. That's what I call it. People, you can have more than one dream job. I'm on second. Um, Hello. That. I feel like I'm ready for a relationship. Mm. Um, I'm ready for that. Um, I'm ready to move. By December 31st, 2020, I will be out of the state of Georgia. So just a lot. I'm just open and ready for stability in my life. Because, you know, if you've been freelancing it and kind of on contract and you've like a lot of things I've transitioned, like graduating, a lot of things have happened that I'm in this moment of like, I don't know where the hell we going, but mm. we being pushed and forward. So I'm moving with it. So I just need stability right now and I'm ready for it.
0: Mm. Okay. I like that. I guess I could kind of piggyback on that a bit. I'm looking forward to stability that is coming from change. Uh I've been pretty transparent about it so I'll continue um I'm getting ready to see a psychiatrist um and trying to finalize this diagnosis of bipolar 2. So I'm looking forward to treatment on that and hopefully getting closer to feeling quote unquote normal and I'm looking forward to what that is going to open up and allow me to do having energy and motivation and things of that nature to actually want to do stuff you know what i'm saying because it's it's a big thing with depression and and the depressive bouts that come with bipolar too. is just not having the desire to do anything like it's it's crushing to have things you know video games and shows that i like and stuff and just not have any interest in doing any of it and there's no reason for it outside of you know my mind is just in that state so i'm looking forward to that i'm obviously looking forward to pulling off the live show in atlanta looking forward to going to atlanta for a few days you know and hopefully finally experiencing some of the city looking forward to meeting A lot of people that live in the area that I've not been able to meet, uh, seeing people that live in the area that I haven't seen in a long time. And I'm looking forward to finally, hopefully having the tools to kind of get my life back on track, you know? it's It's been a bumpy ride since, I don't know, maybe September, October of 2016. Um, And I'm looking forward to, like you said, some stability, hopefully, you know, some some leaps to be made in the financial arena, you know, with everything that's going on with having to move. So, you know, there's a lot of unfortunate things going on in that arena. So I'm looking forward to just trying to get my life back on track. But I think. You know, getting my physical health together and my mental health together are going to be two key ingredients in getting my life where I want it to be, or at least getting on the track to being where I want it to be. Because mental and physical health not being where they need to be are a huge hindrance that I have not given the proper respect to in the past, if that makes sense. And so. That is what I'm looking forward to on the horizon. Like, I just want to feel like I can function. I have energy. I have motivation. And, you know, I want to feel like I can do anything. I may not be able to, but (laughs) bitch, I least want to feel like it. You know what I'm saying? And that's that. I'm happy for you.
1: Like, to be in that moment of, like, ready to take the step, um, the best thing that I ever did was, get a therapist and like my whole life changed Mm -hmm. and when I meet people who's like where you are I'm so happy for them because I'm like when you look back a year you up like I tell my therapists all the time I'd be like girl when I came in like I needed to be like committed because just I was everywhere so I'm really excited and you know I'm here for your journey and it's gonna be a journey just stick it out good and bad
0: I'm glad you said that. Cause I need to add that to my list. I'm looking forward to also the progress that potentially will be made in actual therapy. And like, I've yes. been in therapy for a few months, maybe since what July, maybe August. Um, and the psychiatrist part is new. So that'll be something new to manage. But as far as the actual talk therapy, like we were, we were hitting so many things in therapy this past week that and you know when, you know, you know that the therapy is good when the therapists start getting excited about stuff that's going on, the conversation that y'all are having. Listen, I thought my therapist was about to turn into a rocket and blast through the through the ceiling like they do, like Wiley E. Coyote or some shit. Like He was just so excited to be able to start talking about stuff and we're starting to make progress, you know, because I do a lot of mental work outside of therapy which you know honestly everyone should if you can so yeah i'm looking forward to that as well shout out to therapy if you can do it do it like i'm taking full advantage of this insurance but y'all gonna y'all gonna give me my benefits
1: please Uh, do and i have a lot of people that be like i don't have insurance i don't have insurance either y'all i I told y'all contract and freelancing google free and sliding scale therapists, and then whatever city you stay in I pay my therapist twenty or twenty-five dollars a month. I mean not a month, a session. Now I used to go weekly, I go bi weekly, sometimes three weeks. But that's the same amount that somebody's copay would be. So just yep. cause you ain't got insurance don't mean that you can't get good help.
0: Trust me. There you cool. go. PSA. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear from our sponsors, put a little money in our pocket so I can continue to go to therapy and we'll be back. (laughs) Thank you for supporting the Flawless Noises Media Network. You can visit FlawlessNoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at Flawless Noises on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With 5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com FlawlessNoises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, coworkers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Okay, y'all, we're back from the break. Hopefully, you learned something. If not, well, I mean, you're about to, because the main topic is here. Talking, what up, Poppy? And on this episode, we're going to be discussing an article that I saw on Hornet.com, which has an accompanying app that is similar to your maybe not as crude but the same concept as a jacked and and all of those things but they also have a part where they have stories and articles and all kinds of stuff and this one is a really good one and it is titled 10 reasons why people cheat on their partners and this article was written by dr chris donahue a lecturer therapist host of the love line podcast and expert on the amber rose show among other things writing books all kinds of stuff has education knowledge and so i do not think this is going to be one of my typical article episodes where half of the article we're confused as to why the stuff is in there i think that this is going to be an interesting conversation but Before we start, Avery, I want to ask you so that we know where we're starting. What are your personal views on what constitutes cheating in a relationship?
1: I think just like any relationship, um, I think it depends on the two people who's in it. Because I have a lot of friends that's in different forms of relationships that I would never be in, (laughs) because all the shit they be doing is cheating. Um, But for me i feel like anything sexual kissing um texting is cheating too um, so i think it basically depends on a person um but we can get what i read the article so some of the things they talk about is like i'm like oh that's not cheating. but i think it ultimately depends on a person but definitely sex and communicating with other people outside the relationship is cheating
0: okay and would you be open to forgiving or taking and taking a cheater back?
1: I right, so I feel so strongly
0: about this. Oh,
1: you have to leave the person. <laughs> Beyonce left Jay Z. She lit- He literally said in his lyrics, "I had to chase you to Rome." Like people get cheated on. They go away for a day and then they go back. Like, the nigga know he, he, he's going to be back in that pussy or ass or whatever. The person has to realize what life can be without you. So, for me, I feel like it depends on what you do when we're not together and how you're rebuilding this trust and this relationship. But for me, no. We, we can't get that together. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm.
0: Strong words. Um, For myself, I would say what constitutes as cheating would probably be seeking or forging inappropriate relationships outside of our relationship because that encompasses different kinds of relationships. Like just because you're in an open relationship doesn't mean you can't be cheated on. I'm saying like whatever (laughs) whatever the rules are of your relationship if the other person violates them then they're cheating on you if your rules say yeah we're in an open relationship but you have to check in with me before you go fuck around with somebody else and your significant other does not check in with you before they go fuck around with somebody else well guess what they just cheated because they broke that trust and they broke the rules of engagement when it comes to your relationship. So I would say whatever kind of relationships or whatever you're seeking outside of the relationship that you know is goes against whatever rules we've established in our relationship, whether they be monogamy or rules of engagement for open relationship, open marriage, polyamory, whatever the case may be. If you violate that, then to me, you're cheating. And that can be in the form of texting, being on the apps, even if you're not meeting people, obviously, you know, physical transgressions, hell, just confiding in somebody in a way that you don't confide in me, especially if it's about our relationship, to me is a form of cheating because we can't discount how powerful emotional connections can be. Cause I can't imagine more things that are worse than being in a relationship and having your partner have an emotional connection with someone outside of the relationship. Like that would be too much. Um, and as far as forgiving and taking a cheater back, I never say never. However, uh, I can't see it. I can't see it. And it's not about not being able to forgive or getting past it, but I know myself and I'm working on it, but I have a difficult time trusting and being vulnerable in that way. And so for someone to violate my trust and hurt me in that way, I don't know if I would be able to ever fully trust again in the way that I would need to trust in order for a relationship to continue. And I'm not even saying on no petty shit, like every time you walk out the door, I'ma be thinking that you texting the next nigga, or every time you come in the door, let me smell your dick or no shit like that. But it's just on a fundamental level, I feel like I would not be able to trust you with anything. I wouldn't be able to trust you to get my order from Burger King right, because, my like the foundations of my trust in you would be shattered um That's but, well you know i'm intense <laughs> <laughs> you
1: are what's your sign? i'm a gemini oh god oh
0: and i'm intellectual i know i i think and analyze too much probably but I have the one thing about it though is it's just being honest with myself, and if I can't be honest with myself, I can't expect myself to be honest with other people, especially in a relationship. So being honest with myself, and that would be something if I let's say in twenty twenty I'm on the verge of you know, relationship. Um, you got to speak it. You got to speak
1: it if you want it.
0: I don't know if I want it, so I don't want to speak it. <laughs> okay. Because that's how you get caught up. <laughs> Um, and Gary from Mystic Moments, my new friend, you know, has has shown me that when I'm in tune, my powers of manifestation are much stronger than I realize. So I got to be careful with what I say. But in the event that that happens in 2020, that would be something that would definitely be communicated. Like whatever form of relationship we decide to be in, because I'm not I don't necessarily subscribe to monogamy. I mean, it's not like I couldn't do it, but whatever. Whatever I didn't know
1: that interesting yeah
0: well you know i like to i mean i like to be left alone a lot so it's like <laughs> like don't be over here thinking that we're gonna be all up under each other every day go go somewhere else with that but anyway um yeah i think it's it's that trust you know like trust is big for me uh and it, it probably is the trauma talking but hey you know we all got pain iffy so Let's get into the article now. It starts off by saying that cheating is many people's greatest fear and it's also sadly common. Over the past decades, my clinical office has been full of couples and individuals working to make sense of and heal from this very confusing and wounding experience. This article isn't about monogamy, but instead a look at why people cheat. Hmm. So the first point says, monogamy is difficult. People are living longer and longer, which means our relationships are longer too. This allows for more difficult opportunities and more work needed to maintain a sustainable sexual life with our partner. So I thought that this point was interesting because I haven't heard a lot of talk from couples that have been together for a long time about how they maintain their <laughs> sexual life and i get it you know like your sex life is not everybody's business but i think that it's important to discuss or at least you know even if it's on a generic level because you always hear about people wanting relationships like their parents they want to be married for 30 years or 40 years and all that kind of stuff but you never hear about how do you keep the sexual component on track for 30 years, 40 years. And I think that we sometimes, as a society, as a people, we discount how important sex is in a relationship. And I know a lot of people like love should conquer all and da 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 But I mean, the statistics show that sex is important and leads to a lot of cheating when people do not feel sexually satisfied or they're not honest with themselves and their partner about their sexual proclivities and the adventurousness that they want to live. It leads to a lot of cheating. So I think it depends on the mindset on whether or not monogamy is difficult but i do think that that's something that could be discussed more like how are you maintaining a positive and healthy and fulfilling sex life over the course of many years into decades because i don't know
1: (laughs) i was okay so this was one of the only ones i was like i don't know because my thing is i get that but people these days can't even stay with somebody uh, you, you know, the, the lesbians be pack, backing up the U-Haul and gays just be on to the next nigger. But six months to a year. So it's like, I get that we living longer and, you know, you got to spice things up. But I'm thinking, like, how do we even get to a year? How do people get to a year without cheating? So I get it. But I'm also like, mm, I don't know, maybe this was for the older people. The people that's been married for years versus you know I mean, then. you
0: know, I think sometimes we get too caught up in trying to define what is going on in our generation because there's way too many stories of cheating, scandals in families. Like this is nothing new. Again, it it's a different lens because technology is different, the way we live is different, and we're a more fast-paced society than in the past. So I can see why, you know, a lot of relationships don't get to a year. I think another thing is that people are just not honest with themselves or they lack self-awareness and what it is that they actually need and want because a lot of times, especially, well, not even, especially in gay relationships, I think it doesn't matter sexuality or gender identity. We are not as in tune with our needs and our desires and our wants as we think we are. A lot of them are informed by outside influences and therefore we don't take the time to actually figure out what it is we need and what we want. And it comes to us, if we're lucky a lot of times through trial and error, which is why your relationships are not lasting very long because instead of going into it with a very clear definition of what it is that you want, what you're seeking and why you want to be together, you getting in a relationship, you fucking raw, you shacking up, you're doing whatever it is that you're doing only to figure out. Okay. But I want more or I want different or I want variety. And it's like, if you're more open and honest with those type of things in the beginning, you wouldn't have as many trials and tribulations. And I also think it's, if there's less stigma on different types of relationships, I think people would start to be happier. You know what I mean? And, I, and I've and i been preaching this on this show, I think, since its inception. You cannot go into a relationship with assumptions. You have to make sure you're on the same page. Because one person might not, Then you know, they might feel like the rules of monogamy can be bent like they're in the matrix or some shit. You know, and the other person is very strict and rigid with it. Well, you're going to have a conflict at some point. Because that one person who doesn't look at it the same way there's a huge possibility that they're going to do something that's going to violate that relationship. Uh, And I do think monogamy can be difficult depending on what kind of life you live, depending on how other people react to you. There's a lot of factors that might make it difficult or, I mean, you could just be a bozo and be on the internet and entertain shit that, you know, you shouldn't, but you just like the attention. A lot of people need to be more, especially men need to be more honest about how much they like their ego stroked. Because a lot, I've seen a lot of fights and things of that nature ensue on, in online relationships because you know you got one person doing stuff that that the other person feels like they shouldn't be doing we got a lot of judgment on twitter about i wouldn't let my man be posting for hump day and all this kind of stuff and it's like i get that but have y'all had a conversation or has he been honest about wanting needing desiring whatever wherever he falls on that, having his ego stroke. Cause a lot of the stuff that we see online, I don't think is as bad as it really looks, it, but people, especially men, because that's how we're conditioned, like to have their ego stroked. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that it's not the same for women, but you know, this is uh, a gay, more gay leaning conversation, I would say, but you could say the same about women honestly, it doesn't matter about the gender, you know what I'm saying? Like people just like having their ego stroked and I could see how that would make monogamy difficult because you might be tempted or you, your partner just might be jealous. But I think, um, back to the point that was made in the article, there should be more conversations about keeping that sex life active and healthy in the long run and being upfront about what it is that you're into. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I have seen, I haven't seen a lot of examples of one person kind of dumbing down their sexual interest and proclivities and it leading to a successful relationship. Cause eventually, you know what I'm saying? Like sex is a powerful motivator, which we'll get into actually in the next point. Number two says sex is a powerful human drive, energy, and force. Arousal is one of our most powerful drives. and Sometimes it can even lower our inhibitions and override other priorities. Arousal will make us more comfortable putting body parts in our mouths that we wouldn't otherwise. That's a, a little much, but okay. Stay up too late online. We see that on Twitter all the time and miss important events. And so it kind of just literally piggybacks on what I was just saying about sexual desire being a lot more powerful than a lot of people give it credence. And a lot of people feel like you should be able to keep that under control. And to an extent, I do agree, but it's also a primal urge. Like it's part of our design. We are designed as human beings to desire sex and if you're not getting the kind of sex that you want or if you have some curiosities that are not being i don't know being catered to could lead to you know a lot of things i I've been quiet
1: because you read me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is my therapist up in here texting his ass? Because I ain't been, like, you have to reschedule because I'm going out of town. But I definitely feel like you have to be honest about what you need in a relationship um, overall. And I do think sex plays a huge part of a relationship. People, like you said, people like to think that it doesn't. But once you get over and you get used to how that man is treating you and that good man... What else does he what else does he have to offer you to get you from between a to c like i think sex is, is it's important it's just as important as how he treats you
0: yeah how he and, fuck
1: you is important how he treats you
0: and if we're talking about specifically gay men knowing how sexually driven we can be as a group sometimes not all the time you would think that we would be more upfront and honest about our sexual needs and I think another problem that we have is, as a, I don't want to say specifically to gay men, but too many people try to retrofit, like I said before, their sexual nature to somebody because they want the person, even though they may not be compatible sexually. Yes. And that doesn't yes. mean that the sex is not good. It don't mean that he's not piping you down, or you know, he got the walls of destruction. But it could just mean you have different ideas of, I don't know, your sexual relationship. You know what I'm saying? Where one person is very, very staunch in what they want and they don't want to share, you know, and it kind of gets into that dangerous territory of looking at people as a possession just because y'all are in a relationship, which uh, newsflash, you should not do that. Um, <clears throat> and then the other person might feel a lot more lax. Or you never know, but I th- I think that when you are setting up and and figuring out if you're sexually compatible, it goes beyond just whether or not his kibbles are gonna fit your bits. It goes to are your desires in the long run aligned, you know, and is that communication space an open and safe one? Like, are you fostering a situation in your relationship where your partner could be like, hey, babe, like I love you and, you know, sex is great, but I just I have some curiosities, you know, are they going to be able to talk to you about that or are they just going to be out here doing whatever the fuck they want to do because they feel like you are not going to be receptive of that? And that goes both ways because, again, if you are honest with yourself and you know you might have some desires that fall outside of what your partner or what your potential partner would allow or is okay with, you got to make that decision. Like, is it fair for me to try to be in this relationship knowing that I might desire something that they are not willing to participate in? Because that's where a lot of y'all get caught up. I say y'all because I don't do that. I don't date. Um, I don't want nobody in my house. on my, <laughs> my bowels or nothing. I don't want to be in nobody. Like I don't.
1: Mm. You sound but, like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs>
0: that's my inspiration. Now, don't get me wrong; she can be a bozo at times, but she she hit a lick on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think we just we cannot we cannot discount how powerful of a motivation sex is. Hell, I I don't have any statistics pulled up, but I would bear. I would be. Confident in saying that the statistics probably show that a lot of cheating Happens just because of some kind of sexual incompatibility Even if the sex is good again If they desire something that you're not willing to do or you feel like is outside of the bounds of your relationship there's a I would say a significant chance of cheating occurring Because if we're dissatisfied, we're going to seek out what it is that we're looking for in a lot of instances you know I, or i mean i guess you suffer in silence which i obviously would not recommend but it's it can't be denied how powerful of a motivation sex is in us as human beings for the most part i agree Number three says, our culture is both sex-obsessed and sex-phobic. So we've hit on this a little bit, but let's get a little bit deeper into it. It says, our culture is sexually uneducated. Woo! That is a testament. (laughs) We treat arousal, sex drive, and sexual anatomy as inappropriate topics, yet expect everyone to somehow understand how to manage being turned on, having sexual confusion, and feeling sexually chaotic. And I agree with this. And I've wondered about this a lot. Like, how are we such a Puritan or want to be Puritan society? But then depending on where you are, there's a sex shop on every corner. How does that work? (laughs) How like and it goes, you know what? A good example of this is is probably more so straight relationships with men who who want a porn star in the bed, but some kind of Puritan sheep in the streets. And it's like, how do you want this woman to have all of this sexual experience and be able to swing on a ceiling fan and land a perfect 10 like Simone Biles on your dick without any mileage, quote unquote? Like, how do you think that someone is going to learn those skills? Just like however you learn how to fuck, hopefully, because according to the women, a lot of y'all straight men don't know what y'all do. They don't. They don't. They tell me, my friends tell me. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but it's, it's just like, how, how are we on both ends of the spectrum? It's not working. It can't work. And and it goes to a lot of things that you see online of, of people, even within the community being so ill-informed about HIV, about PrEP, about other STDs and STIs about hell, a lot of different things. We're so uneducated. Look at how many men don't know, men who love having sex with women have no idea how women's reproductive systems work. In 2019, you could probably get on Twitter and and Google somebody or search for somebody talking about they they know for a fact that women pee out of the same hole that, you know, they take dick in. And it's like...
1: Wait, they don't?
0: We don't know anything.
1: (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) I I kid, I kid.
0: You know what I'm saying? It's just like we we don't have the education because we're we're conditioned to feel like it's supposed to be a taboo thing and it's supposed to be behind closed doors. And I think that there's a huge difference between people being in your personal business and just having generic information so that you can make informed decisions. That is true. But in gay world, I mean, we know how again how sex heavy parts of the community are. And then to have puritanical views on top of ho-ish activities—it's like something's got to give. You know what I mean?
1: I don't know what we can do to change that. Like, I like—I
0: mean, even conversations me, like, like these.
1: When I meet people, it's <laughs> so embarrassing to say. When I meet people, I let them know. Like, I be like, "Look, I talk about sex. Sex is." Sex is not something that I'm ashamed of. I like to have sex. So first we need to get over that. Because you, like you said, people like to be like, oh, you talk about sex on your show. Yes, I talk about the many dicks I sucked Then the people who done suck me up, sorry, it's other people in my house. I'm trying to be a little quiet. But yeah. I, I talk about it. and I, Because I feel like the more that I talk about it, other people get comfortable. And they talk about the things that they like and they don't like. And I feel like if the world was more open, a lot of people be more happier in the bedroom because they'll know what they like. They'll know what they don't like and they'll know what they man and a woman like and people wouldn't be cheating.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully <laughs> I say hopefully cause a trash person is going to be a trash person through and through. And it don't matter how much education, conversation, comfortability or anything. None of that matters. If they trash, they just going to be trash.
1: And they're going to be trash. They just a, a dumpster and not a calm dump
0: well good luck everybody (laughs) number four says people aren't taught how to engage with sex all relationships must define their own boundaries and we've talked about that already so far in the conversation and if things weren't difficult enough technology creates new gray areas couples are just now learning how to navigate yeah we kind of talked about a lot of this that's being brought up in this point. Um, and the key differences in technology and whatnot, again, there's nothing new under the sun, but the engagement is different, and the access is different. Um, but I think from jump, like we're like you were saying, we're just we're we're taught not to talk about sex that it's it's a private thing that you don't talk to anybody about. And I'm glad that a lot of my friendships, we don't really have those boundaries. Like, you know, we, and I think a lot of people kind of have a weird idea of what this stuff means, because just because you have sexual conversation doesn't mean you need a blow by blow, play by play of every sexual encounter that you have. Like, that's not what we're saying, but just general things that you could talk about those lines of communication being open help us learn how to engage with sex because you never know what you might learn. Listen, my favorite thing is having conversations with other gay men. Cause I be taking notes. Like I'm not gonna do nothing with them anytime soon. But it's I like to have the information. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you got a little tip for the little get the little booty booty clean clean. Okay, I might I'm I'm paying attention. All right, you got a little <laughs> tip so that you know you can get it to the back of your throat without uh, regurgitating your lunch. I'm here for all of that kind of stuff. Um, and like you said, I think the more conversations that we have, the more comfortable people get the more that these weird boundaries that we have start to come down, the happier people are, the more open people are, and hopefully the more healthy people can be in their relationships and especially regarding sexual relationships.
1: I agree. I talk to my female friends a lot about like helping, you know, especially in the the black African-American community and heterosexual relationships. They don't really explore too much of the man's sexuality. So I'll be like, girl, try that. Trust me. It, mm-hmm. He's going to like it. As well as I learned a lot from, like, women. Like, I found out that people are really into pegging, like, men. And women are into doing it. And I, that shocked my whole world. I was like, what? Y'all do that? And you still, you know, I'm not saying I believe it. But for a black woman, I was like, and you still consider your man to be straight? Wow, that is, like, amazing. I, I appreciate that. So. I mean,
0: shout out to those I like women <laughs> i like to hear
1: how other people
0: enjoy their sex too yeah and i don't think there's anything wrong with l- l- enjoying sex liking sex and it kind of goes to because we're kind of parallel or uh, we're we're parallel parking with the whole whole culture thing but that's a different conversation for a different day Hmm, it's on the horizon Cause I'm going to, I'm planning on doing a whole culture series on the show, but now it's cold and I don't know if the spirit of whole is, um, uh, as prevalent. I know a whole never get cold, but, um, I i trying gets, to be booed up. Uh, a I'm hoe get chilly at now. least. <laughs> right. So I might, <laughs> <laughs> I might save that for like the spring or something when it starts to get warm, that might be a good time to talk about whole culture before whole season starts in the summer. Mm-hmm. So put a pin in that, friends, because I'm sure I'll be calling on some of y'all to come through. And, I, you know, I'm talking about running the gamut on that as far as sexual identities and uh, gender identities as well. So number five says fear of ending. Not all couples are willing to acknowledge when a relationship isn't working. Leaving a relationship, even a marriage, isn't a sign of failure. But staying in an unsuccessful relationship is. The health of a relationship, not its length, is what determines success. And so this is kind of a read because this is what I think about a lot of times when people are always like, we don't love the way we used to. Y'all don't know how to be, this generation don't know how to be in a relationship. My grandparents was married for 70,000 years and look at you hoes, y'all can't even stop sucking me <laughs> for seven seconds. And it's like, okay, but you <laughs> gotta really have these conversations about the healthiness of these relationships, the happiness, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I think a lot of us, falsely think that just because somebody was together for a long time that it was always easy that they never had any cheating scandals or outside babies or uh you know relationships on the side side pieces all of that kind of stuff and a lot of times that's not the case like having the perseverance to stay in the relationship through adversity does not mean that that's something that needs to necessarily be emulated just because of the length I'm more so interested in the quality of these relationships, you know? Because a lot of times we can learn a lot more from relationships, from people who have been in short relationships than people who have been in long, arguably unsuccessful ones. Just like we can learn a lot from long successful relationships about dealing with people, about again, overcoming adversity and challenges and things of that nature. But to the point of what the author is saying, I think a lot of us do have that fear of of relationships ending, of being alone. And so we stay in situations where we're not happy and that can lead to cheating and whatnot and not just saying we're not you there's a lot of factors that could lead to it and and i think another part of the conversation that i don't know if it's in the article or not i don't think so though is a lot of times we're seeking comfort for one thing and it manifests itself in one way and a good the reason why i say that the thing that's popping into my head while i'm thinking about it is i watch a lot of uh investigation discovery And the shows that I prefer are the shows where shit goes awry in relationships. And a common theme that I saw in these relationships where a spouse is cheating and somebody ended up getting killed, which is extreme. But I mean, shit happens, uh, obviously, like, you know, they're telling the story or retelling the story. But a lot of common theme that I've seen in these is that there's something going on in the main relationship. Financials are out of whack or whatever the case may be, and somebody in that relationship is seeking comfort and it ends up turning into an affair of the sexual variety. And it's not necessarily, cheating is not always necessarily looking for something sexual. That sometimes is just a byproduct of it. I've seen a lot of examples where people are searching for comfort, again, from financial issues, from religious issues from in-laws being terrible and they just seek they're just seeking an outlet and a connection and then the next thing you know you know i'm saying they suck a dick but it's just like (laughs) (laughs) you know but that wasn't the 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 plan it wasn't what they were actually seeking it wasn't the desire and it's like And the worst
1: of my good sister lunch, do nothing without intention. Know, why, know what you're doing and why you're doing it.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. And so a good way to punctuate that is to know why you're staying in a relationship. Whether it's good or bad, I think that's important to be cognizant of why am I here? Because then you can be more mindful of whether or not you're being satisfied. Like are the things that you want out of life and out of a relationship and out of a partner being achieved? Because I th- I think that's when we start getting into these tailspins is when we stop being cognizant of whether or not we're happy. And it leads to a lot. So I, th- I, I don't know. I just agree with this one. Like, the health of relationship is is really what determines that success. And if you're lucky, then that healthy relationship will span a long time. If you're into that sort of thing, you know, because not <laughs> everybody is.
1: Oh, I got red again.
0: Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> Number six says we fear porn and underappreciate masturbation. Hmm. Solo sexuality, sex toys. Fantasies and porn are all healthy forms of sexuality and tools to support monogamy, not forms of cheating. By banning these forms of release, ooh, this is uh badly edited, is to impose unhealthy sexual limits and set up an unsustainable relationship. Um so there's a a, a sizable conversation. A lot that can be had about our relationship with porn especially as gay men we're not going to do that cuz we've already been jawjacking quite a bit but i will say that sexual expression even within your relationship is important and if that means masturbating or watching porn or you know using toys on yourself while your partner's not there I think that that is valid, but I also feel like the person that is doing these things needs to be honest with their partner about what they want. Cause I can't, imma- I don't know. I don't do relationship. I don't know her very well, but I can't imagine getting in a relationship and my partner being like, yeah, you don't, you don't get to jack off. Um, yeah. I was
1: just about to ask, was, do you consider that cheating? Because no. I don't. Okay. <laughs> woo.
0: Like, damn, I can't love me. <laughs> Shit. You know what I'm saying? I can't I, I can't get a little C-U-M in between. Like, what the hell? Like, I, But that's just me. Like, if that's what you want to do in your relationship, my only thing with that would be make sure your partner feels the same way. Like, because you're not going to be met with anything but strife trying to impose those type of things on someone who doesn't agree. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying it don't work. It wouldn't work for me.
1: <laughs> me neither <laughs> let's, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's get that clear
0: <laughs> and I can't imagine me being upset about my partner like you know if if they home in the middle of the day and they want a little afternoon delight and they break out the sex toys who are me to judge hell my only thing is going to be like make sure you send me some pictures and video but that's, but that's I, just
1: me I, I feel like that definitely goes back to what I was saying about um, first, figuring out what type of relationship you have, because not to get too much into my own personal business, but, you know, I'm a pleaser, so sometimes I don't come during sex because I'm worried about you, so it was natural for, like, me and my partner to, like, while he goes clean up, take a shower for me to, you know, get my little nut. like, and it just, it wasn't something that was like, oh, no, shame, and for a lot of people, it is, They're like, if your man don't get the nut, like, it's bad. Like, he got to jack. I'm like, girl, whatever y'all relationship is, sexually, it works for y'all. If, if you want to jack off after or before sex, do what you want to do. So I'm here for whatever works for your relationship and pleasing yourself. Because I believe if you don't know how to please yourself, can't nobody else please you. Because can't nobody do me like I can do myself. Period. <laughs> nobody.
0: Foxy Brown had a whole song featuring Drew Hill can't nobody fuck me like me it's on Ooh, she is a bad I- mamma jamma <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I agree with that however I will say a little caveat because I know this is like a running joke I hope it's a joke although I don't oh, think all of y'all are joking if you how do I put this don't be I'm that. Scared. Don't be that person that goes into every sexual experience feeling like the shit is over after you get your nut. Uh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, because I see one too many tweets talking. About, I ain't licking no nipples after I nut. That's how you get blocked, beloved. <laughs> like if you get yours, I feel like. Let me speak for myself, because I you know what y'all do when y'all uh. I guess don't make me nut but i'm just saying I, I i don't want to be in no situation where it's like
1: it depends now it, if it's a hookup situation and uh, yeah you whack. beat
0: me to it you beat me to it i was gonna say okay. you know i'm not talking about hookup situation because i feel like oh, okay you kind of lay down the parameters beforehand or at least i try to like if i know yeah. i ain't trying to be doing nothing but getting my dick suck i'll make that be known <laughs> And I'm not trying to force that on anybody. I, Would gravitate towards the ones that are like, yeah, I just want to suck some dick and then you can be on your way. Okay, cool. We on the same page. Versus We we, see each other. (laughs) Listen, versus me hooking up with somebody knowing I ain't trying to suck no dick, but not saying nothing. And then when we get there, they trying to do 69. And I'm like, I I don't I can't count that high. (laughs) Like you know
1: (laughs) Everybody don't get that type of treatment, so I'm here for it. Yeah. You you know what what I'm saying? saying? But I'm just saying.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Now, if we're in a relationship, then that's way different. Like we I'll both give you whatever be, you want, <laughs> but expecting it in return. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that look like. Right, everybody should be satisfied, and there are some people that just they don't need to bust another. Like their their pleasure comes from giving pleasure, and that's cool too. But just know what you're dealing with, and be honest about where you fall. You know what I'm saying? And I can't wait to get more into the porn, uh, aspect of things. I have an idea and it might turn into a series, but we'll see. I'm working on that. Lining up those guests. Please bring
1: me back. (laughs) I'm made by myself uh bring me back because there's a lot of things that i want to discuss about porn and
0: different types of porn so please bring me back okay well we're gonna discuss (laughs) we shall discuss number seven says not everyone is built for monogamy Woo, we could really stop right there but i'm just gonna keep on going Mm.
1: we should have started with that and ended
0: (laughs) probably fair it says monogamy marriage and relationships are difficult And it's not always anyone's fault, but the way we approach these institutions and the unrealistic expectations we carry, monogamy doesn't work for every person. I've had conversations on this show with someone about the fairy tale and feeling like what you have in your head is necessarily what relationships are, period, and not realizing that what you are desiring or what you think you desire, what you've been conditioned to want only applies to you. And you have to, like I said before, you got to find people that are on the same page. Okay. Cause a lot of times we be trying to get with people for whatever reason, that's not even in the same library, let alone reading the same book on the same page, whatever the case may be. And so I think that it is important to realize that like we've been saying monogamy is not for everyone and you have to be honest about that. And it goes to the stigma of non-monogamous relationships. Cause there's so much judgment, like Ugh, y'all doing this, you doing that, you doing, this. and it's again, it's like, what the next person does is not making you come. If you know you are monogamous and you are possessive and all of that kind of stuff, and you don't want to share quote unquote, all that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, but you got to make sure that the other person is on the same page and you have to communicate that we have to get out of this thinking that monogamy is the default because a lot of people don't default to it. And then that's when y'all be out here looking the fuck stupid. Everybody cheating is dicking and ass and pussy and all kinds of shit flying all over the place and everybody mad when if you do make these declarations and you are clear about these things from jump not saying that you're not going to run into issues or you're not going to get cheated on because again people are trash but at least you could hopefully reduce the the likelihood of it or i mean you could, I also think that there's a lot of freedom in just being in tune with what it is that you know that you want sexually professionally, personally, you know what I'm saying? Like all aspects of of your life. There is so much freedom in just being confident in what you want and knowing how to ask for that from life. And whether that comes from a partner, being like, look, I want to be fucked this way on these days and we good You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case may be, whatever parameters are applicable to you. But I think the main thing to take from this and I could be off, but I think the main thing to take from this is that monogamy is not the default. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of my friend John from the John Effect podcast. He's always like heterosexuality is not the default and we need to get away from that. And I think it's the same with monogamy. Like monogamy is not the default or it shouldn't be like we have these options. And I think a lot of time, because we feel like monogamy is the default, a lot of people are not even aware of these options that they have. Like, I think a lot of times people just, they cheat because they don't know any better. They feel like the only way they can do X, Y, Z is by stepping outside of the relationship. And it's like, or you could have just been in an open relationship or you could have been polyamorous but it's like how much knowledge and understanding probably is more prevalent the lack of understanding the knowledge may be there but how much of that are we missing when it comes to types of different relationships monogamy versus polyamory versus open relationships and marriages and whatever else may fall in those in that realm you know what i mean
1: yeah like I think even if we take, well, I know we're talking about cheating, but you can cheat in other forms. If you take the sex out of it, a lot of people think just because you don't want to be monogamous that you want to hoe or you want to do other things. Right now, i said say 2020, I want a relationship. But right now, I'm not even in a place to, like, focus on one person. I'm not even having sex with multiple people but I don't even want to be tied down to one person. Like, I enjoy casually dating other people while still having sex with just one person. So I think people have to look and figure out what exactly does that mean? It doesn't always mean that you want to have sex with multiple people. You can really just not be in the moment and want to be tied down with one person. Like, you just don't want to be with one person. It ain't even got to be you want to have sex with multiple people. You can just not want to be, emotionally involved let's say that emotionally involved with one person
0: yeah i agree and i also will add before we move on that hoe is not necessarily a bad thing i think that when you hoe and you hurt people that's when it's a bad thing but just being out here living your best whole life, what's wrong with that? You ain't hurting nobody? Hell, you you, you spreading love and positivity. Listen, because we all know how good it feels after you bust a nut. <laughs> it's like, who are us? Why are we judging hoes? They are here bringing contentment to the masses, okay? But more on that during the whole culture series this spring. Number eight <laughs> says we undervalue sexual compatibility. Woo! Oh, God, I've been preaching this on this show for so long about the importance of sexual compatibility. It goes on to say, Attraction to partners and lots of love don't necessarily lead to or create sexual compatibility. Let me read that again. (laughs) (laughs) Attraction to partners and lots of love don't necessarily lead to or create sexual compatibility monogamy will be an ongoing challenge for a relationship that has partners with differing sex drives sexual interests or a lack of sexual chemistry um i really don't feel like i need to spend a lot of time on this one because i feel like i've talked about most of the points in this and honestly that first line is is it like mic drop
1: i can't relate because um, I always have that, but for I don't need to say nothing. It sums it up. That for many yeah. people is the case, not for me, but that is the case.
0: Well, that's what I said. It doesn't necessarily lead to, in a lot of instances, it does. But in a lot of cases, I think we we are overconfident in our sexual compatibility because we're attracted or because we had a good sexual experience or even a few sexual experiences. That doesn't mean that y'all are on the same page as far as drive interest, even chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of people out here that can get hard. That don't necessarily mean that they fuck with you. (laughs) just is what it is. But I think we can't undervalue how important sexual compatibility and it don't just mean, position because i think a lot of times when people hear sexual compatibility they dumb it down to whether or not our positions are compatible especially with gay sex it's like it we're talking beyond just whether or not he's a top or he's a bottom or if he's a verse or whatever the case may be we're we're talking about again sex drive like he could be the perfect top and you could be the perfect bottom But if you only trying to get penetrated once every two weeks and he trying to fuck some four days a week, y'all are not compatible. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the easiest example that I could come up with. He could be, again, y'all could both be in a perfectly verse Nirvana. But if his sex drive includes BDSM, and you're not about that. Guess what? You're going to run into some incompatibility at some point, especially if that's something that he has a strong desire to pursue. So I, I just agree, like sexual compatibility is so important. And I, I don't know how you could not see how the incompatibility would lead to cheating or the potential of cheating. Let me say that. Mm. Yeah, And on the flip side, number nine says we also undervalue sex as a form of bonding. Okay. <clears throat> Let me just uh, pat down the, <laughs> the edges of my wig because I feel like I might get ready to get dragged. But anyway, it's, <laughs> it's not uncommon for a relationship to become committed and then allow sex to stop being a priority. A lack of sex doesn't lead to lack of sex drive. Mm. Let me read that again. A lack of sex doesn't lead to lack of sex drive and your sex drive will be expressed in other ways. Make sex a priority and keep your relationship erotic. So I think that this one is very important because we see a lot of instances in different kinds of relationships, straight and otherwise, where. The frequency of sex decreases for whatever reason, and there may be valid reasons, but I think that we don't have enough awareness to realize that just because the frequency is um, diminished, it doesn't mean that the desire is diminished. And that's where a lot of people, in my opinion, get caught up. Because you start thinking, okay, we got these things going on in life. You know, I'm I'm working more hours or whatever case, maybe I'm traveling. We don't have time to have sex. And it's like, okay, that's valid. But you also have to compensate for the fact that the desire is not going anywhere just because y'all don't have time or y'all not making time to have sex, whatever the case may be. Ooh,
1: that's a good one.
0: (laughs) And I think we a lot of times I honestly feel like we're overconfident in this area where we just like we're going to fall into sync. And and my partner is going to know when I'm not in the mood or, you know, that's just the natural progression of relationships. You just start to have less sex the longer you're together. And it's like those both might be true. But again, it's not taking into account the desire. The, the desire does not go anywhere barring whatever's going on in that individual. Cause I'm not saying that some people's sexual desire doesn't decrease depending on what's going in, going on in their life. But if you're talking about maintaining a, a long and healthy relationship, you got to factor in the sexual desire. You know what I'm saying? Just like the, the, whoever, and it might be both partners. It might be one. You got to be able to temper your sexual desire to adapt to what's going on in your relationship at that time you know because i'm not saying that you got to prioritize sex no matter what's going on this there's, there's shit that goes on in life where you like your 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 dick or your ass or whatever the case may be is the last thing on my mind and it's no shade i still love you or i still like you or i still tolerate you whatever level you're on but i just you know have these other things going on and it's not a priority but And that's an instance where that other person would need to be mindful of their desire and their sex drive and be honest about what it is that they feel like they can do and they can maintain. Just like when shit is going on and you might be the person with less desire, you got to be mindful of that. Now, how that is resolved is specific to your relationship. But I think that the generic conversation that we're having can be applied in a pretty broad way i would say what say you
1: i feel like well if we're looking at sex being a connection right Mm -hmm. and you realize that your partner's not having that sex i think the most natural thing that we do is we it's us um and I had someone, I like had a friend that came to me with the same issue. And it's like, it's not you. Like, and I'm glad you said that because now this is what I'm about to say. Sex is a connection. When you are mentally not in that moment, you don't want to share that connection with someone because you're not going to be in it. Like, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're in two different worlds and you know how sex is with that person. It's amazing. And you're not able to be in amazing headspace right now. So why would you want to have sex with someone if you don't have that same connection? Y'all are not on the same frequency. And I think on the flip side for the person who does go out here and seek that comfort, that connection with someone else sexually, I think first you have to discuss it with your partner and figure out what's going on and not automatically assume it's you.
0: Agreed. Okay. We are on the last point. We're going to wrap this right on up. Number 10 says, inability to tolerate sexual vulnerability. It says, robust relationships demand discussion. Mm. You need to talk about how the relationship is going and importantly, ask for the sex that you want. And I feel like I said this earlier about being cognizant of what's going on in the relationship and whether or not you're happy on an ongoing basis. Goes on to say, even if that means owning the fact that a relationship isn't working or that there's a desire to cheat, the mentionable is manageable. This isn't just a call for a free for all. We need to be able to know our commitments are made to be upheld, but the occasional failure should be expected and will need to be, quote, worked through. When a boundary violation occurs, you'll need to either resolve the issue and reconnect or release your partner and be better next time. I feel like that last part was kind of written on the side of the person doing the cheating, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that was pretty specific in a mostly generic article. Um, But yeah, I... I don't know what else to even say. Like it goes back to the points that we've been making about being open and honest about what you want. And again, I'm going to say this and people can feel how they want to feel. If you are in a relationship with somebody and you can't ask for the things that you want, and that includes sex, I don't know if y'all need to be together. Like, I, I I don't know how that works. Like if I'm if I'm unwilling or unable to have the conversations about what it is I want, what I expect or what I'm curious about or my desires or my lack of desire, then how is the relationship going to work? And I experience a lot of times that is not just in the sexual realm like there's a lot of different aspects to a relationship where people are not vocal about what what they want or how they want things to be and i don't know if that's a fear of the other person not being able or being willing to meet those expectations fear of rejection i don't know what what the root cause of it is but I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm looking at it in a different way. I just can't imagine being in a relationship with somebody and not being, Oh, not feeling safe enough to be vulnerable and say, this is what I want. Or my, my thoughts have changed. My desires are changing or I'm, I'm, I was exposed to something and now I'm curious about it. I got curiosities or I'm just not happy. I've been pretending like I like it from the side. That shit hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's a specific example, not for me, but just, you know, something that came to mind. But just in general, having those open conversations and being able to ask for what you want, I think it's very, very important in a relationship. Especially because you are talking about, I mean, well, I don't know, not necessarily every relationship is one where people are expecting to be together for the long haul, but in the interest that you just want to be happy in the moment, you know what I'm saying? And you hope maybe that those moments last longer than the unhappy moments. You want to be happy in that moment. You got to be able to open your mouth. What's the saying? Closed mouths don't get fed. You know, I guess, I don't know. Closed mouths don't. I mean, I obviously closed mouths don't get dick, but whatever. <laughs> but I'm curious about how you feel about this one.
1: I'm um, i definitely be in have been in a situation where I don't feel comfortable telling, not sexually, but things that go on in a relationship or being honest with the other person just because I felt like they couldn't take it. But what I realized is it was hurting me more. Mm-hmm. And it was becoming to be a resentment for the other person. Mm. And they never, they still may not ever know any of this stuff. That it's like, I held a lot of things back because I was so afraid to hurt them. But in actuality, I ended up hurting them and myself versus just being honest. Um, So I agree. I I think it's a little different when you're in a relationship to be like, say, oh, always be honest sometimes you have to find out what honesty is and how you can be honest with that person without hurting their feeling. Because let's just say you don't like the sex that you haven't. I mean, you just can't go out to your partner and be like, babe, that sex was horrible. I don't like it. You suck at sex. You know, you gotta be a little, Hey, so you know, I typically like this. That's what gets me there. You're doing a great job but I would like for you to try this. So I think it's just finding different forms of communication with your partner to let them know what you need from them.
0: So I don't disagree, but I think that the language here is important because a lot of people feel like honesty means just saying whatever, whenever being honest is not the same as being tactful like you can be honest and still have tact um so that goes to your point about yeah it doesn't necessarily mean just blurt out whatever it doesn't mean being crass like you don't have to be crass to be honest you can be mindful of what you think your partner can can handle or respect what they've told you they can handle and still be honest So it's it's important to, to realize those differences. Like I'm saying be honest with yourself and be honest with your partner, but that doesn't mean not be tactful, like not be cognizant of feelings and emotions and presenting information in a way that could be unnecessarily harmful. That's not what I'm saying, but It's it's a it's a it can be a thin line depending on who is involved, where you don't know how to package your honesty or the other person doesn't know how to accept that honesty. That's a different conversation than just flat out being honest. What that looks like obviously has to be tailored to the people involved. But. My point, and I think the point from the article is that we get into this thing where we feel like if we have to be mindful of how we communicate our honesty, then that means that we're not being on, we can't be honest and that's not the case. And so you, because it's like you were saying about being in this situation and not feeling comfortable being honest and having to find that way of communicating, nowhere in that did you say you were going to not be honest you just had to find a way to package it and that's different from being flat out dishonest if that makes sense well
1: think. I, yeah it makes sense but i wasn't honest i mean but things that i wanted outside of sex but no but you're you're 100 right 100 right
0: and then there's like i said there's there's different levels because if you're not honest with yourself, how are you going to be honest with somebody else? And that's where it starts. Like, if, yep. if you're not honest with yourself about what you want, be it sexually or otherwise, how can you ever hope to be honest with somebody else?
1: I just want to know, where was you when I was paying these $20? Because <laughs> I could have just came right on over here, <laughs> sat on your couch, and you could have got me together, and we could have ate an edible and went to sleep. <laughs> like, Period.
0: <laughs> oh i mean you know i try i try to be mindful in these conversations and how i navigate even if i don't have a a robust rolodex of knowledge i'm just trying to be mindful of these things and i hope that you guys are out there being mindful in your relationships and may the odds ever be in your favor of not getting cheated on and that's all i got on that so avery again thank you thank you thank you for taking the time to appear on the show i love it when we podcasters link up especially in this as uh people say on the internet these grassroots podcast streets and on that note why don't you tell people where they can find you and remind people where they can find the panel atl
1: yes um thank you for having me on the show um definitely gotta get this reversed possibly when you come to Atlanta um you can find me on all social media. that you can find me with this handle which is only Twitter and Instagram my Facebook and Snapchat is private um my handle is fuck your taco that is F B C K your taco long story don't ask um, you can follow the Panel ATL everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, all the streaming sites at the Panel ATL Podcast. And then if you want to write us a letter or whatever suggestions, you can email us at the panel ATL podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.
0: That's it. All of that stuff, of course, will be in the show notes so that you can connect with Avery at your leisure. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation. Probably a little bit extended from what I usually try to do on the show, but I think it was uh, to to use a word from that article. It was a robust conversation. Okay. Hope that A.K. we. A K Avery something.
1: talks too much. I don't know. A K Avery talks too much.
0: <laughs> I definitely feel like I did the majority of the talking and probably excessively, but I'm not going. To tug my own wig, because this is my show okay bye <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys that's gonna wrap this show up i hope you enjoyed it thank you again for listening remember you can chime in at any time if you have thoughts on what you've heard go ahead and sound off use the hashtag gay side when you're live tweeting or posting about the show so that everyone can see that you can also send in letters, compliments, show topic ideas, stories or whatever you may wish. I like to call it the Gay Side Mail, all of which can be sent to GaySideStories at gmail.com. Please go ahead and do that. Also, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star rating. And if you really love the show and want to show some support, leave a review five stars as well. And make sure you're sharing this show with other people. Word of mouth is still the best way for podcasts like this one to reach more ears and get a bigger audience. So go ahead and tell someone that you love the podcast, friend, coworker, family, whatever the case may be. That is how we get more people to listen to these shows. And you know what? That's it love yourselves as always make sure you're protecting your walls or they will what crumble and i will be back next week